Welcome to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for joining us today. Get ready to be inspired and motivated to live a high-impact life. Now, here's Rick. Hi, I'm Rick McDaniel, and welcome to the Point of Impact podcast. It's great to have you joining us again today, and we're going to go back to this theme of styles that we've done a number of episodes on already. We took a break last week and talked about millennials and weddings, but we're back on styles. And the reason we're focused on this is because this is material out of my latest book that just came out entitled You Got Style, How Discovering Your Personal Style Impacts Your Faith, Family Finances, and Much More. And I just think it's a great book that will help you to understand yourself and others better. And I just really encourage you to pick up a copy of the book uh, if you haven't done that yet, you can order it from my website, rickmcdaniel.com. You'll get a signed copy then, and the price includes shipping. But you can certainly go to a local bookstore or Amazon or wherever you get your books or want to get books. It'll be available. It's available in hardcover, softcover. It's also available in ebook. And uh, by the time this comes out, hopefully it's available in audiobook too. If not, very soon the audiobook version. So every way you could get it, hardcover, softcover, ebook, audiobook, every way you could possibly want to get the book, you can get it. And 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 as you listen uh, today and and to some of these other episodes, you're going to you know, hear information that you know, will spark your interest and then, you know, where do you go to delve deeper and the where you go to delve deeper is to just get a copy of of you got style. So you should definitely pick up a copy. We've talked about four styles so far. We'll probably talk about a couple more. There are uh, 12, or well, 13 actually, uh, if you count the final chapter uh, in the book. So we're not going to cover all of them, but we're going to cover some of them. Today, we're going to talk about leadership because leadership is a big deal. Leadership makes companies succeed or fail. Leadership makes families fall apart or last. Leadership causes teams to win or lose. Leadership causes churches to grow or to maintain or even decline. Leadership is enormously significant. The best definition so simple I've ever heard of leadership is leadership is influence. Every time you influence people or you influence a a situation, you assume leadership. It's just that simple. And and I think it really is that simple. And I would just really encourage you to to be open-minded today because you may think, you know, I'm not a leader. Leadership is needed. Some think, well, I'm not a leader because I'm not the president of this or the director of that. I've never been, you know, elected to this position. Well, there's much more to leadership than just titles and position. Leadership can occur in an informal way. You don't need prestigious certifications behind your name or in front of it to be a leader. You can lead right where you are, in your school, in your workplace, in your neighborhood, in your church, in your home. There will always be a need for leadership. That is for sure. Now, some people, you know, question, you know, about leadership, you know, is the leadership style like suited to your temperament or personality? Does it address a particular situation? And I believe the answer is a both and. In other words, I think a person has a primary leadership style, but 
there may be circumstances that dictate the use of a different leadership style. So, you know, an effective leader will choose the leadership style that is most needed and most important in a particular situation. But overall, you will primarily function with one particular leadership style. And so that, I think, again, is, is very important in understanding what we're going to look at today. Now, who's to determine what the leadership styles should be? You know, there are different articles and even books. Uh, Bill Hybels wrote Courageous Leadership, and he identified 10 leadership styles. And there are other business books and other materials out there, articles about leadership styles. But I think that the landmark study on leadership styles was done by Daniel Goleman, and he uh wrote it and published in the Harvard Business Review almost 20 years ago in the year 2000. And he identified six leadership styles. And I still think that this is really the gold standard for understanding leadership. Now, I've taken some of his styles and given them different names, different titles that I think are more descriptive or more helpful. So um, that part is different, but the content of them is certainly the same. And leadership, just your leadership style impacts your organizational culture, really more than anything else. How leaders make decisions, motivate followers, manage change, launch initiatives, handle crises, all determined by, wait for it, leadership style. Leadership style has a direct impact on the culture of an organization, the effectiveness of an organization. So it's really important to understand your leadership style. So let's jump in. Six leadership styles. Here's the first one. The visionary leadership style. I love this definition of vision. Seeing the invisible. Vision is seeing the invisible. Obviously, we're not talking about physical vision. We're talking about the concept as it is used in leadership. Uh, uh, someone who is um, a visionary leader, who has this style, is future-oriented, faith-focused type of leader. They have a crystal clear picture of what they want to happen, and that is the vision. They cast vision powerfully. Now, this is usually a senior-level style of leader. And the reason it's senior-level is because that's what it takes to give an organization its overall vision. So this is what's sometimes called the C-suite, you know, C as in CEO, CFO, COO, the C-suite level of leadership. Not absolutely has to be that way, but you know it's definitely a senior level because this leader has the ability to really impact the entire organization and, and he can do that with great enthusiasm, sometimes maybe a bit too idealistic, but that's part of it. The visionary leader shows each person how their role fits into the larger vision for the organization. And when people work for that kind of leader, they believe what they do matters. And so by framing individual roles within a larger vision, the, this kind of leader then establishes standards that support the vision. And here's what happens. Here's the result. A greater commitment to the, organizational, the organization's goals. And obviously that is very good. Now watch how this works as well with vision. So about in terms of decisions about opportunities, new initiatives, other ideas, always filtered through the vision. If it supports the vision, the visionary leader champions it. 
The standard for success is clear, implementation of the vision. Now, a visionary leader understands that vision leaks, that that vision needs to be regularly repeated, regularly promoted. Now, some may find this to be irritating, this sort of repetitive nature of constantly promoting the vision, but the visionary leader understands that recasting the vision is a constant responsibility. Now, she needs to look for new ways to, to illustrate it. He looks needs to find stories of members in the, on the team and in the organization that are fulfilling the vision to inspire. But the articulation of the vision is, is crucial. Now, a visionary leader will give freedom in how people can achieve the vision. So experimentation, innovation, risk-taking, that's all good. But it's all got to be focused on the vision. If I was going to give you a simple phrase, and I'm going to do this for every one of these styles, that describes the style best, here it is, come with me, come with me. This style works in almost every organizational setting. It's probably especially effective in the entrepreneurial environment. If you're starting a new business, starting a new nonprofit, starting a new church, vision is so central to success. If there is organizational drift or a maintenance mentality, there's a need for a new vision and the visionary leader can spell out fresh direction and inspire people with a powerful vision of what the future of the organization can look like. So if you're someone who has a vision, if you feel God has, has given you a dream, something to do, then you need to embrace this style of leadership. Where changes require a new vision or where a new direction and clear direction is needed, this style works great. There will always be a place for leaders who inspire an entrepreneurial spirit and create enthusiasm for a new venture. And I know a lot about this because I've been a, a, a part of starting quite a few things. I started a church, now that's church, three more campuses and two schools and after school and a preschool program were started. So I know what it's like to start stuff and to cast vision for it. Now, this style won't work as well if there are a, a team of people who all consider themselves to sort of be experts um, that then can, can cause a problem because they may not see the need for the vision. Also, the enthusiasm and energy of the leader can become uh, overbearing at times because, you know, it's just so passionate. And sometimes the passion is almost too much. But I would say, overall, this style of leadership historically has shown to yield really, really great results in the visionary leadership style. Okay, second style, the commander style. So if the visionary style is, say, the most positive in terms of results, then the commanding style is maybe the most negative. This is a leader that demands compliance. 
it's not a very popular leadership style and it's probably never been more unpopular than than i would say than it is today in history it's certainly been used but today's it's 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 not very popular it it's a style that is effective in say a crisis like a hostile takeover or you know when a, there's got to be a a total turnaround situation this leader can make the tough decisions that need to be made. And of course, this style works very well in an actual emergency, like if there is a fire or a flood or a death or a tragedy. This kind of leadership style can really help and really be effective for the situation. So at a particular crucial time, a, a command commander leader, commanding style leader, you know, could say, this is the right path and this is the one we need to go down. And so it can help because when there's uh, problems or there's confusion, this type of leadership style can say, this is the way we're going and everyone needs to be committed to it. And um, everyone needs to be loyal to what we're trying to do. So this is the kind of person that would say, you know, we're, we're going to honor our word. We're, we're going to live according to our set of values. We're not going to take the easy road. We're going to take the, the road less traveled, you might say. And so there, again, there's a need for people like this in, in certain situations. But the impact on the organizational culture of this leadership style outside of the particulars I've just talked about, is, is usually negative. The simple phrase that would sum up this style would be, do what I tell you. You know, top-down decision-making stifles new ideas and innovation. Flexibility is, is not a value. This kind of style of leadership can lead to, to, to fear, to fear-based responses. This sort of leader then, you know, can can uh, cause people to quit. Morale goes down, and since bad news can get blamed on the messenger, then information flow can be stopped, which again is not good. So when people feel alienated, uh, they stop caring about the organization and. They, they no longer act on their own initiative. They lose their sense of ownership and they function without accountability. So the commander style really, really can damage an organization, a team, a group. People no longer have pride in their achievements, self-satisfaction, a job well done. So it's a demotivating style keeps people from sharing the larger mission and feeling like their work makes a difference. So long-term, again, not short-term for particular crises or situations, but long-term, this style creates an, an unhealthy culture. And, and it's, it's not a style of leadership that is positive, except for those particular crises-type situations. And again, there's a, you know, there's a time limit on that. There's an expiration date. It, it serves a purpose, but after that, 
it's, it's best not to continue with that kind of style of leadership. Third leadership style is the harmonizer style. This is the kind of person that really, uh, you know, values people. Um, people are, are, say, more important than tasks. This is a leader that wants to form emotional bonds that create a strong feeling of belonging to the organization. So a simple phrase would be uh, people come first. People come first for the harmonizing leader. They strive to have unity amongst team members, employees, try to keep people happy. This style leads to strong communication because people who like each other talk a lot. They share the ideas. They're more open. They trust one another. And so this, this certainly can result in greater innovation. The harmonizing leader will be a, a good communicator, especially when it comes to sharing her emotions, providing positive feedback. This is very effective in seasons of high stress or where there may be some type of, of, of trauma. This leader recognizes what's going on, is you know attuned to people's feelings, this sort of leader rewards work well done, realizes that feedback is valuable and in that many times people get feedback that's more negative than positive. And so he will want to bring encouraging feedback. This style allows for greater flexibility. Employees uh, are given freedom to do their job in a way that they think is most effective. A harmonizing leader builds a sense of togetherness. She will meet socially with employees, even individually. This is the kind of leader that will take time to celebrate birthdays or other more personal aspects of team members' lives. This is the kind of leader that generates great loyalty because of, of her personal investment. It naturally leads to relationship building, for sure. Now, this type of style is effective when trust needs to be repaired, when morale needs to be increased, when people need motivation during particularly stressful circumstances. Building team harmony Improving personal communication brings about renewed commitment to the mission. The overall energy of the group increases with this leadership. The challenge for this kind of leadership style is that just sole reliance on, say, praise and nurturing can, can end up allowing for poor performance. It can lead to a lack of direction as and team members don't receive enough constructive criticism on their performance. And so lacking clear directives, the team may end up failing or members on the team may fail. So this style has a positive impact, but again, it's better used in certain situations or for certain seasons. For, for instance, if, if someone was taking over uh, for, say, the commander style of leader, they would need to take time, right, to kind of restore morale and to really help people to understand they're valued and, and you know, re-motivate them. And that would be very helpful. And that season, you know, could be a period, a longer period of time, but... 
it needs to be limited in, in the sense that this type of leadership style will not be effective uh, long term. Another leadership style is the producer style. This is the style of leadership that really focuses on results. The producing leader sets high standards for performance and expects the team members to, to model them. He exemplifies the standard himself and is focused on doing things, you know, bigger, you know, better, faster. The phrase uh, that would sum up this style of leadership would be, uh, do as I do now. He's able to identify poor performers, ask more of them, and frankly, if they don't uh, produce, perform, then you know he'll replace them with people that 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 can perform. This style works best when quick results are needed, and there is a competent and highly motivated team. Now, if this is lacking, the leader can overwhelm team members with his demands for excellence. The producing leader may know what he wants, but not communicate it as clearly as may be needed. He expects people to know what to do. He, he's the kind of person that say, if I have to tell you, you're the wrong person for the job. You know, so the problem with that is that can that can lead leave employees second guessing, you know, what's really wanted by the leader and wondering if the leader really trusts them. This producer leadership style is one that does not have a lot of feedback. If people aren't performing, they'll know about it. But if they are and to what level they are, not so much. This stifles, you know, initiative and creates an environment where, where employees may fear doing something wrong. Responsibility dwindles as employees feel little personal investment in their work. And commitment can evaporate as people don't see how their personal contribution is impacting the larger mission. The overall result can be overwhelmed team members. And this is because the, the performing leader wants performance so bad that, you know, he can have a tendency to kind of take over. The reducing style can work well in, in, in certain situations. For instance... A group of highly skilled professionals like research and development groups or legal teams. These people are self-motivated, highly competent. They don't need a lot of direction. So the producer can, you know, kind of get the work done, get it done excellent, excellently, maybe even get it done ahead of schedule. So again, this type of leadership style in certain situations can work really well because you've got the right team and this is really the kind of leader they need, but in other situations, not so much. All right, then there's the collaborator style of, of, of leadership. This is the style that forges consensus through participation. It's democracy in action. Spend time getting people's ideas and, and you know getting their buy-in. The collaborating leader builds a great amount of trust and commitment. And by having team members give their direct input into decisions that affect how they do their job, the collaborator then increases ownership. By listening to people's concerns, he learns what's needed for morale to stay strong. The result of this leadership style is a fairly realistic understanding of what can and cannot be accomplished in, in an organization. The simple phrase to sum up this style would be uh, 
what do you think? You know, what do you think? What's, give me your feedback. This style is most effective when the leader needs the team to take personal responsibility for a decision, a goal, a plan. When the leader is uncertain about the best direction to take, he can receive ideas and input from valuable employees. And if the leader has a clear vision, this style works in generating creative ideas for how to implement that vision. You can see how that can work very, very well. Now, one of the drawbacks of this style is there can be an endless number of meetings where ideas are considered and they are considered and they are talked about. And if there's no consensus, there are more meetings and more discussion. So the collaborative leader may actually put off crucial decisions. The outcome can be followers who are confused or directionless. It can even lead to conflicts, even though, you know, everyone should, be, you know, have their input and you think that wouldn't lead to conflict. But when we can't, decide the way we need to go, hmm, this style does not work well in any sort of emergency situation when time is of the essence and there's, there's no opportunity for, you know, endless discussions and meetings. And it also doesn't work very well when team members are not informed enough or competent enough to offer sufficient guidance to the leader. They just, they don't know enough. They, they just can't give enough that will really be helpful. The collaborative leader needs wisdom to know really who to listen to and and then when it's time to just make a decision like enough listening, it's time to get down, you know, fish or cut bait type of thing. The final leadership style is the coaching style, the coach style. This is focused on developing people. Leaders with this style uh, may sometimes function more like a counselor who listens and then guides to, to, to a right direction or path. Coaching leaders help their team members identify their strengths and weaknesses. They know how to use them for their uh, you know, personal and professional success and encourage the development of long-term goals and a plan for reaching them. And along the way, they give you know, plenty of feedback and, and input. These leaders know how to delegate, not, not abdicate now. There's a big difference. Delegate. Abdicate is like, I gave you a job and then you never see the person again. Delegation is, here's the job, but I'm going to be around. We're going to close the loop. They give their team members challenging assignments and opportunities. Some of the tasks are difficult. They take time to accomplish. And they understand that even a short-term failing can lead to a long-term uh, learning and, and ultimately good result. This style is, is summed up in really in this simple phrase. Try this. Try this. Give this a try. So this, this type of coaching style is not one that requires sort of constant communication in order to be effective. But ongoing dialogue, you know, is, is, is important just to make sure that there's understanding of, of the role and how it fits in the larger vision. This style does create strong commitment because people respond to the, to the coach leader and their, you know, that her belief in, in them and, and the investment in them. And when a team member is, you know, aware of weaknesses, they can improve and, and they can build on their strengths. And this style works equally well with team members who understand that coaching will increase the possibility of promotion and advancement. So it has a, 
it has a very you know has a very positive result to it in in many different ways now it's least effective when team members are resistant to change or learning new things it doesn't work too well and it doesn't work so well if the leader doesn't possess the expertise or the proficiency needed if you're going to be a coach you better know more than the team members know this style requires you know somewhat greater degree of time investment in terms of development of team members but again over time can can yield some some pretty pretty impressive results so what one of these leadership styles resonates with you because one of them will and your leadership is needed somewhere it's needed leaders take initiative and get things done real leaders realize it may be hard but they do it anyway they step up to the challenge and they lead where they're needed to lead and God can use a person with any leadership style. I'm convinced the world gets better the moment people step up and lead. And I'm absolutely convinced that the world gets better when people lead with the leadership style that suits them best. Good leadership makes such a difference. It can make such a positive impact. It is needed, friends. And so I hope you'll just really take some time to consider which one of these styles resonates with you. And where is it that you might be used in a way that could really help and make a difference? All right. Hope that's been helpful and I look forward to talking with you again next week on Point of Impact. You've been listening to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.